0: IVM, folks, welcome to guys. I'm your host, Anubhav Gupta, B50 on Twitter. We've got a crypto special for you. And I remember back in 2017, the first time we did Bitcoin, it was a Christmas special. Huh? Oh, three years since then, huh? I mean, you should go back and listen to that episode. I had a bunch of real interesting people uh, talking about crypto, Bitcoin, blockchain, and all that. Just, come on, guys, to 2017. Eight days of Bitcoin, and then you know, eh, we know what happened after that. 2018 went for a toss. I don't know what happened in 2019, but oh boy, is Bitcoin and crypto back in action this year? Oh, and obviously, this year because yes, I the kujvi or I was. You know, it's been a crazy year. In August, we did two episodes, uh, all already on Bitcoin, but I'm really excited with today's guest, okay? And also because since August till now, Bitcoin has <laughs> surged even further. Hey. To discuss all of that and much, much more. I have with me Nishal Shetty, founder and CEO at Wazir X. Nishal, welcome to Pesa Vesa. Thank you so much for doing this for our listeners. Hey Thanks a lot for having me on the show. Thanks. Let's start with your journey. Are you guys, come on. You know, you've been there, you've been there for a while. You survived that entire winter is coming 2018 thing. Tell us about your story. Go on. Yeah, I think uh, you know, from the the outside, when you look at it, yeah, it looks
1: like uh, we survived. But to be very honest, to you and your uh, listeners, uh, we we launched in March 2018, and uh, it was just uh, I think three weeks after we launched that the banking ban came into effect. So,
0: Are you uh, kidding me? You, yeah, you so, guys launched three weeks. Before. Yeah, <laughs> talk so, about timing, so, man!
1: Wow. Exactly. So I, I know I I I tell my team that if uh, if we had launched three weeks late, I'm not sure if we would have launched after that. <laughs> wow. So that's, uh, that's how we got caught up in the whole... Uh, Good
0: on you, Ben. Good on <laughs> you. It's like, you know, it's what? It's 2020 and look what happened. Sorry. Yeah. Go on, go on, go on.
1: Yeah. No, and, and I think the uh, I also say that the timing was uh, beautiful because we were when you start, you're usually at ground zero <laughs> and, and, you know, the band really does not affect your business because you can't go below zero. <laughs> so for us, it was not about, you know, uh, surviving or anything. We, we had, when we launched, we had made up our mind that revenues wouldn't come in early. So for us, it was about how do you navigate this? While uh, in the across the industry, what was happening is larger exchanges were sort of uh, either going out of the country or shutting down because of this whole banking ban. We were trying to figure out what is the right solution. Because uh, I think the first important thing we realized was this banking ban was not a ban on crypto. Uh, Because the RBI does not regulate crypto, the RBI regulates other banks in our country. So what happened is RBI told the other banks in the country not to deal with crypto exchanges. So it was just a banking ban. Uh, And that's where we uh, saw uh, an opportunity to sort of uh, build a system where we wouldn't have a bank account and we would still be able to help you buy and sell cryptocurrencies. And that's how we launched our peer-to-peer system. It was a three-party, beautiful system where we just custody the crypto because that we are allowed to do. And we ask you to transfer the money directly from your bank account to the seller's bank account. And after that, we transfer the crypto to your WazirX wallet. So that system, like it took off like wildfire out here in the country because other exchanges were shutting down. We launched this. People started uh, flocking to our exchange in huge numbers. So that was what actually uh, in a way, you know, I would say we converted our adversity
0: into opportunity and that gave us the uh, boost in the market. Lovely. So I'm gonna to get to all that uh, in a while, Nishal. I want you to walk our listeners through this overview of what exactly happened to Bitcoin this year, you know. Or maybe let's you know, let's just take a step back. Okay, 2017 was the year of bit of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Of course, you also had the global you know boom in the markets, a lot of stuff. Just break this down for us, yeah. 2017, 2018, 2019. <laughs> And of course, the drama this year.
1: Yeah, see, the thing is, uh, if you look at the history of Bitcoin right from 2009, uh, it's always been these uh, uh, peaks and lows. And uh, that's what the continuation always has been, where uh, the previous peaks, it always uh, tr- uh, you know tries to beat that in the subsequent years. Now, in 2017, something similar happened where uh, 2017 happened to be the peak. But I think one of the things that went wrong in 2017 was there was this madness to buy uh, cryptocurrencies, buy Bitcoin especially. Because I remember specifically the kind of questions I used to get in 2017 were, like, initially, I'm going to put 10 lakhs. Will it be 20 or 25 lakhs in the next two weeks? <laughs> so, you know, that Man. was the prime. Uh, that, and that was true, by the
0: way. Yeah, yeah no, are, I have people who have, come on. Have you, I mean, you know, the internet was full of the HODL meme. H-O-D-L, yeah? I mean, the... I I don't know if you remember that because those were the heydays, man. It came from some forum. I think it was on Reddit or somewhere about I'm holding uh, or something. Go on. Yeah, a guy was drunk and he
1: misspelled it (laughs) and that became like a thing, you know.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, I think uh, that was
1: the... uh, And, you know, when you... uh, So, basically, you had immense greed in the market in 2017. And what happens with greed is uh, a lot of scams follow and that is what happened because people take advantage. And soon after that, 2018, all of these, uh, you know, I would say the fake cryptocurrencies, the fake projects started uh, emerging and people realized that they're going to lose their money and the market tanked. I would say that was a good thing because then 2018, 2019 was, you could look at it as a filtration process where all of these people who came in for the money, both sides, the investors as well as the projects, they all got filtered out because they could not survive. And the good projects that, that, that were really serious about the technology and people, investors who were into it for the long hold were the ones who stayed back. And that Im- led to like an amazing crypto ecosystem. And surprisingly in 2020, all of that is bearing fruits. So it's the last two, two and a half years of hard work of the industry, which now we are seeing. And I, I don't know what to say, but uh, you know it's very surprising while that is bearing fruit, even the uh, the, I would say the external factors, like for example, one is, uh, which we will talk about the uh, banking ban being lifted in India in March, the lockdown, the pandemic lockdown that happened. All of this somehow has boosted uh, the crypto ecosystem. Then the economy, uh, the global economic conditions uh, that's telling people that putting some of your money into an alternate asset like Bitcoin might help you from the impending economic downturn. So, all of this for some reason has all beautifully come together in 2020, which has led to the prices coming back. But I think the biggest uh, difference I see today is people are not asking me, will my money double? They're asking me, if I invest now, in two to three years, will this double or triple? Which I think is still uh, uh, still crazy, but still it's a sustainable, doable approach to investment in crypto.
0: So yeah, I think maturity is like the biggest factor I've seen emerge in the last three years. Okay. See, this has been an absolutely mental year for pretty much everything. I mean, the Nifty itself was down 40%. Now it's up 80%. We've got new all-time highs. And uh, (laughs) I think except for real estate, pretty much everything else is out, you know, is pretty much going up. What happened this year to Bitcoin? Anything different? Because this time the conversation that I'm hearing is like, you know, this time, (laughs) as they say, the phrase goes, this time is different. Mm -hmm. Uh, Any specific events that you can think of that have have triggered this interest all over again? Yeah. uh, So it's not a singular event. It's been a, a combination
1: of quite a few macro events the first most important one was uh, the bitcoin halving that happened in may which uh, drastically cut down the supply of new bitcoin that would be released into the market every day so this that was like the, the bonus thing right i mean yeah yeah the when you when miners mine bit, uh, the bitcoin blockchain uh, blocks what hmm. happens is they get rewarded with a certain number of bitcoin and uh, that was about i think uh, if i'm not wrong some 12.5 bitcoins uh, previously but in May 2020, it got half to uh, 6.25 Bitcoin every 10 minutes. So you can imagine that the supply of Bitcoin coming into the market every 10 minutes. That got uh, cut into half. So that f- was the first uh, trigger for the supply current. Then then subsequently what happened is uh, the uh, the regulatory clarity started emerging where US, UK and a few other uh, top nations have started uh, talking about regulating rather than being negative or uh, discussing against uh, cryptocurrencies. So the direction is going towards uh, how do we regulate? Not previously, two, three years ago, it was also like, this can be crazy. It should be banned. it Should we even discuss this? So now it's come to the discussion table. That's the second, uh, I would say, the m- uh, macro factor. The third is the emergence of institutional buyers into crypto. Uh, both from like, for example, hedge funds, like there's MicroStrategy and Grayscale, a few of them who've been buying uh, tons of Bitcoin. And the uh, market knows that these funds are long-term uh, hodlers or holders of uh, cryptocurrencies.
0: I like so, that you just casually slipped in hodlers out there, uh, man. I think <laughs> okay. if, you're, if you're long enough, you'll just use that word. You know? I am hodling. Okay, go on. Go on sorry. <laughs> so so that, that's
1: the uh, third factor. And the fourth is uh, Uh, PayPal and uh, Square being so bullish on Bitcoin that they've started offering it to their uh, customers. In fact, PayPal has been like a large impact because uh, in the case of PayPal, what is happening is, let's say you were to uh, buy Bitcoin on PayPal, the Bitcoin is not leaving the PayPal ecosystem. So you cannot withdraw it and then sell it off somewhere. You can just buy Bitcoin on PayPal, hold it, or if you want to sell, you sell to another customer of uh, PayPal, or I think PayPal buys it back. But ultimately, what is happening on a uh, if you look at the overview is PayPal is buying from the market uh, tons of Bitcoin and then offering it to their customers internally, and that's not leaving their ecosystem. So again, a supply crunch. So I think these are basically these four are like the largest, and then the of course the pandemic lockdown has led people to like this. I'm seeing seeing from data in even on Vazirex is a lot of people I uh, talk to who has been signing up. Like our sign ups have tripled in the last uh, six eight months of the pandemic is they're saying i'm at home i have either they've lost their jobs or they don't ha- know what to do with the free time they have so they're trying to s- stay online and check how to make money what are the investment options and bitcoin seems like this amazing thing to learn see what happens with people is most times they want to learn things they don- they're not aware of you know gold you know stocks those are things you've always known but bitcoin is this uh, unknown thing should i l- ma- let's sit and read up and then they go into that whole a zone of understanding what cryptocurrencies are so that excitement has uh, increased in the whole lockdown amongst the people so that's okay. the other factor which uh, which has led to retail investors coming in large
0: numbers yeah, in the same story i think played out for stocks also okay yeah. so before i uh you know end this first part of the episode let's make this specific to india okay so walk our listeners through what changed in march 2020 the supreme court verdict that happened because since then there's no major regulatory change that has happened or you know banks haven't uh, announced anything that they're doing as much as i would love to have a crypto etf that i can in- invest in that's also not not quite happened and you know, the government also seems to be chilled out also probably because there's also a very big pandemic going on so you know the attention is uh is probably elsewhere there was one article randomly doing the rounds i don't know who ca- which paper carried it or what what it was but Saying that the government is still looking to ban crypto, just walk our our listeners through this, whatever's happened from March till now, specific to India on the regulatory front. Sure. I think uh, the the most important
1: thing that happened was the Supreme Court setting aside the whole RBI uh, banking restriction on cryptocurrencies. So that opened up the whole banking access for all the crypto businesses in the country. And uh, that was a welcome change because now we could all have our own bank accounts in the country and offer uh, INR uh, pairs in trading in the platform. Uh, But I think these reports that you're talking about, the thing is, what is happening is I I have a feeling this is all old news being recycled because uh, it all points to the uh, draft ban bill of crypto that was released about, I think, two two years ago. And uh, that bill is just a draft. And it's not uh, really been picked up by anyone, even the committee that created that, I don't think it exists now. So it was released and uh, it has a lot of these old school things that then the crypto world is so dynamic that things have changed there. Like a lot of things uh, in that bill, which talks about other countries looking to ban, those countries have now gone towards uh, positive regulations and talking about how to regulate. China, they say about China banning and China has released their own CBDC, which, which is their own cryptocurrency. So... Things have changed drastically since that bill came into uh, being a draft. And I don't believe that that is in, a, in its present form. It's uh, possible for that to go, go into uh, parliament and be discussed. It's just very old school now. So I, I'm not very worried about regulation. Now, your question about uh, ETFs and all, I've been talking to a lot of these traditional uh, uh, players who have interest in Bitcoin, obviously because you're seeing your peers in other countries like PayPal getting into it and um, Square. the square revenues from Bitcoin have been in hundreds of millions of dollars and, and they publicly release that. So players in India want to really take advantage of that. But I think the biggest fear is the regulatory uncertainty. It's not about whether it will be banned or not. The thing is many of these traditional players are regulated in the country and they don't want to uh, get into crypto unless it is also regulated. So I think that that is holding back all of these, uh, you know, uh, large players from entering. But there is a large desire. They've been in. In fact, I'm aware that they're internally, they have people looking into crypto, understanding. They're also skilling themselves in blockchain and everything. So they are ready. They want to get in. Uh, but yeah, I think regulatory
0: uncertainty is the thing that's keeping them a, a back from crypto. Okay, you said Square's revenues from Bitcoin. So are you saying that Square actually accepts payments in uh in Bitcoin? No. So Square allows you to buy Bitcoin on their platform. Ah, okay. And uh,
1: th- yeah, and uh, and they have whatever in between the spread they keep for themselves.
0: Um, oh. So are yeah, that's in the hundreds of millions Ooh. now. Got it. I didn't I, I had no idea about that. So, okay, folks, that's a wrap on this first part of this episode with Wazir X, Nichol Shetty, founder and CEO at Wazir X. On the other side of this break, we are going to talk about specifics. Okay, about how you transact in it, what's the safety level, how stuff works today. Maybe some of you are, are already doing this. So, you know, maybe uh, and maybe there are people who want to do it. And so there is a lot of stuff out there. We're also gonna get Nichols take on the on what his views are of for Bitcoin in the future. So don't go anywhere, we'll be right back. Nishal Shetty, founder and CEO at VazirX. And welcome back to this episode of Pesa Pesa, the WazirX special with Nishal Shetty, founder and CEO at VazirX. On the first part of this episode, we spoke a lot about what's been happening on Bitcoin, on crypto, on regulation globally in India, a lot of that. Now we're going to get into the uses and the actual practical part of Bitcoin. So Nishal, you guys have been running adoption campaigns and educating folks. first of all, where can our listeners read up more on this? because if you guys are advocating this and you're pushing this, I want our readers to list to read them you know to read up for themselves everything about Bitcoin. So first, let's start with that. Where can they read about all of this?
1: Sure, I think uh, one of the things we do is we run a, a newsletter. And it's the largest crypto newsletter in the country. And you can go to our blog and subscribe to that newsletter. The second is uh, we also we've been doing this partnership with a lot of uh, educational partners who specialize in crypto. So instead of just doing everything on our own, we're partnering with the ecosystem players who are into education which again you can go to a blog and you can find links to various um,
0: education partners and you can Hold choose on. the right uh, one so when so when you say blog it is blog.wazirx.com am i right yes yes that so guys that's b l o g blog.wazirx that's w a z i r x.com com. looks pretty good you know it's like it's got a beginners guide what is defi DeFi, what is DeFi is decentralized finance. Where uh-huh. uh, you know
1: your traditional finance is uh, you have a third party in between uh, your banking institution. In DeFi, you don't have anyone. It's just peer to peer you with the other party, and in between you just have the blockchain. So there's no company that, uh, for example, custodies your asset. Your asset is custodied directly on the blockchain, and uh, someone else would uh, let's say lending. In our traditional world, we have three parties. You send to your bank, bank will give to the uh, uh, borrower. In DeFi, you'll just have two parties and the blockchain in between. You send your asset to the blockchain, the
0: blockchain will automatically lend it to a a different person. And I should do an entire episode or an entire series on this with you guys. uh, Absolutely. (laughs) You can talk a lot on that. Yeah, blog.bazirx.com. It's a very nice, it's like a portal. It's got links to everything, all the content that's out there. Read it up. Okay, there's a lot of stuff to read out there if you want to understand the basics. I'm going to just cover a very you know some few questions here from my side. But if you guys have anything, please check out blog.wazirx.com. There's even a Bitcoin white paper in Hindi. And what Nichol just spoke about, the education partners, all of that stuff is out there. Okay, so Nichol, now I'm gonna go into some basic questions. Uh, let's let's just walk through the entire process. Tell us. And I'm someone new who doesn't know anything about this. How does Wazeerax help me, uh, say, from the onboarding process all the way to the transaction process? Walk us through that. What all do I need to get started? Sure. Um, So it's very simple. We
1: uh, have our mobile apps on Android, iOS, as well as the desktop and uh, web app. So you can just go to www.wazeerax.com or download that from the Play Store uh, or the App Store. And uh, the first thing you have to do is you know, enter your uh, username and password, uh, sign up, and uh, then you'll have to submit your KYC. In your KYC, we need your uh, ID proof, address proof, and uh, a selfie of you. Uh, and then uh, most of our KYC is automated. So unless there is some uh, problem with your image quality or something, the, the KYC gets approved instantly. After that, you can just you'll be given a bank account number, which is very specific to you. You can make your first money transfer to that. And as soon as uh, you do that, instantly the uh, we would credit that much amount into your Wazirex wallet. Uh, uh, once you have this uh, in your wallet, you can put your first trade. Trading is very easy. It's a buy or sell form. So since in this case, let's say you deposited thousand rupees. So you can then go and uh, put a buy order for thousand rupees worth of Bitcoin. And it would immediately uh, match you with someone who's selling that amount of Bitcoin. And you would get the Bitcoin in your Wazir wallet. I think uh, that's all that there is in this. And it's a completely online, no uh, human interaction process. We don't have to reach out to you. You don't have to wait. There's nothing like that. It's just getting started. Usually what happens, our timing is uh, you go from no Bitcoin to Bitcoin within five minutes. That's okay. uh, something we've been working on. And uh, a lot of people experience that. Okay, so and I think uh, I, I think one of the things I wanted to add here is one of the largest misconceptions people have is they look at the price of Bitcoin and they say, oh, it's 14 lakhs. I don't have 14 lakhs. And which is why I also told in my example, you can also buy Bitcoin with even 500 rupees. I think we allow you even 100 rupees worth of Bitcoin because you can buy a small piece of Bitcoin. Think of it as gold. You don't have to buy the entire one kilo of gold. You can buy a small uh, gram of gold. So that's very similar in the Bitcoin world. also.
0: Okay, so let's break this down now. I have... A couple of questions for you. The first is that I need to link my existing bank account, right? How else will I transfer money? So I'll have to upload maybe a cancelled check or something of that sort? Uh, no, right now we don't have that. We have a different way where uh, we do a
1: penny drop into your account. We put a small amount into your account to ensure that we get your uh, bank details that way. So you don't so, have to upload anything.
0: So then when I transfer money to the WazirX wallet, how am I doing that? I'm doing it via UPI, is it? Yeah, you can do UPI, RTGS, IMPS. Okay, so then you're, you're going to give me a bank account detail out there that this is the bank account where the money has to go to.
1: Yes, absolutely. So we'll give you a bank account detail and that will be very specific to you. Don't share it with others or don't transfer into someone else giving you a bank account
0: of Bazeerax. Uh, it has to be within your account and that's where you're going to transfer. And then I have a second level. Then I, have a, then I have a wallet. So that wallet is essentially where my Bitcoin is stored and I can, you know, uh, add to it, sell it. Is that how works? Yes. yes, you
1: can add to it by putting a buy order. You can sell by uh, putting a sell order. You can also transfer it out. Let's say you don't want to keep it on Waziraj. You have your own personal wallet and you want to transfer there. You can also withdraw it. So these are the three things that people usually do. And eventually, let's say you want to sell all your Bitcoin and you want cash. So you can sell all of it and then you, you have the withdraw option where you will get cash into your bank account instantly. So okay. that's again instant withdrawal. What kind of transaction charges am I looking at out here? Uh, depositing uh, de- uh, through uh, you know, the, uh, your IMPS and all is free. Um, transactions are at 0.1% uh, fee for every buy or sell order that you do. And withdrawal, okay. I think, is 10 rupees or something not 20 rupees okay. i'm not okay. sure but yeah in that range
0: are you charging me any holding costs like we have demat charges or, or no, no, no.
1: so these are the only charges
0: what i told you okay. and if you were okay. to withdraw your bitcoin again there will be a charge for
1: withdrawal which is okay. uh, based on the bitcoin um, uh, blockchain fees whatever that is and some okay. uh, over that a bit but there are no holding charges there are no there are, there's
0: nothing here only transaction charges what i'm getting at is there are probably a lot of platforms back now in the market, right? Because if Bitcoin is now at $19,000, then obviously what happened in 2017, maybe some of it is happening now. I don't know about regulation, how strong, how how weak it is. Could you tell our listeners some precautions, some specific tips or advice of what they should do when they're looking to start trading in Bitcoin? Maybe, you know, if it's not X, if they're doing it elsewhere, any list of precautions, any care specific, and you know, anything that you have to say there? Absolutely, um, in fact, I think this is a very important question for
1: everyone who's uh, looking into getting into crypto. Uh, is the first thing is that there is no regulation in the country, which uh, which is what I've been actually fighting for to bring regulation. The reason being, anyone can open a crypto exchange. So just because you see or come across a crypto exchange does not mean it's legitimate or you know approved. There is no regulation. No, anyone can open it. So the thing that I recommend everyone to do is always look up the team behind it that's like the easiest and the best way for you to ensure that this is a known team and this is uh there are real people behind it and you can trust them with your uh, capital because ultimately you're going to transfer money you're going to buy bitcoin Uh, you don't know if you don't know the people behind that company that you're using i would say stay away in the crypto world So the simplest way is just go and check out and just make sure that you're really looking at the right people because there have been cases of fake profiles being put as team members and they they don't, uh, you know, they don't own that platform. So there have been scams around that also. So just make sure, I would say, ask a few people around who've been into crypto, ask them about the recommended platforms and then Google a bit, read up about that company. Uh, If there are press mentions, all of these, then only do it. Uh, anything else, I would suggest strongly stay away
0: because it's an unregulated market. You don't uh, don't trust your money with uh, someone you don't. Wow, man. This regulation part, now that gets me to my next question. I mean, it's a very basic one. I'm glad about one thing though that you guys are carrying out advocacy. Uh, the mm-hmm. blog.berzilex.com has a lot of stuff out there which at least puts out your point of view. So, I, you know, I have to ask it bluntly. Is my money safe with Berzilex? In the sense that if crypto gets banned again, will I lose all my money?
1: So, see, the thing is, uh, I think the first important part is uh, crypto getting banned. Even if, first, I don't believe that would happen because I've been uh, working a lot on this and the feelers I'm getting is, uh, we have, as a country, we are moving towards regulation. But in the odd case, if there's a ban, I know that the government will definitely give some time for people to maybe sell off all of their assets or uh, find a way to exit it. Uh, that's the same way to do otherwise uh, um, hundreds and thousands of people in india will lose their money. so even if there is a ban there will definitely be a period of time where people can dispose of or sell off their assets and uh, get back into INA. so that way that i don't think there's any worry this is again a doomsday uh, scenario which i don't believe will happen the thing that uh, uh, you know can happen is exchanges get hacked exchanges also because crypto is new uh, security measures are still improving. There are chances of exchanges getting hacked, where uh, exchanges can lose money. So in that case, in our case, what has happened is uh, we've been, uh, uh, you know, acquired by Binance, where we—it's uh, a large company and it has a, a, a way more it caters to a large audience. So we are part of that, and uh, we've made sure that we follow some of the basic uh, principles. For example, uh, in in the case of cryptocurrencies, you. As an exchange, you only keep as much crypto in your hot wallet. Hot wallet is where uh, the chance of getting, if there is ever a hack, your hot wallet is what can get hacked. Uh, it's like your uh, cash register in a, depart- in, a, in a bank with the cashier. So there is some cash with the cashier, the rest in the vault. So we keep only a very, very small amount with the objective that in the worst case, even if that gets uh, out of the system if some, due to a hack, uh, that does not affect our user balances. So that's the uh, approach we take. And the rest of the uh, crypto is held in the vault, which is not accessible to anyone on the internet. So that's, uh, that's the basic precaution to be taken. Now that, uh, I say it simply, but there's a lot of things behind it that happen. And that is, again, one of the reasons why you should not just jump onto any exchange because new exchanges, to reach this level of uh, security, it takes a considerable amount of time. So again, my uh, uh, you know, answer is, uh, look at uh, players who've been there for a long time because they've had the time to build up things and uh, do it in the right
0: way for you in terms of protection of your cryptocurrencies. What's the worst case scenario out here? Not for Wazirix. Uh, in fact, I'm sorry, I had no idea that you guys were acquired by Binance. When, when did that happen? And Binance is what, the biggest in the world or at least in the top three? It's the largest uh, crypto exchange in the world and uh, uh, it's also the fastest to reach like a billion dollars in revenue in just two years. So we got acquired last year in 2019. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, so you're actually part of Binance Okay, yeah. so what is the worst case scenario? Not for Zerox, but let's say that if someone, you know, God forbid, if a listener gets into some kind of scammy exchange, what's the worst that can happen out here? Ground zero. I mean, you lose everything. That's wow. like the uh, wow. worst case. The and I, it has happened
1: before. It's not, you uh, know, just a prediction because. Uh, so I'll tell you, because there is no regulation, uh, anyone can create a crypto exchange. <laughs> So you magically have some websites that come up and say, uh, "Deposit ten thousand rupees, you might get fifteen thousand worth of Bitcoin or twenty thousand worth of Bitcoin." People will deposit the money, and then um, buy, uh, there there's no Bitcoin on the other end. That's one way.
0: <laughs> you know, eventually. Wow.
1: So so there are a lot of ways. The other is uh, there are genuine exchanges, but they're new. They uh, don't think about security, and some hacker will hack into their exchange, and they don't have the Bitcoins to give to people. So that can also happen, which is what is. Uh, which is where I believe regulations will help in ensuring that the right players come in. They do the right things in terms of security, user, uh, customer support, everything. So yeah, there have been cases uh, in India also and even internationally, everywhere. Throughout the globe, there have been a lot of cases where people have lost money when they've invested in unknown platforms. So the best is stay away from unknown platforms. There are popular platforms. Once a brand is established, I think it's then more or less See, If you can't buy
0: Bitcoin from credit cards, right? Because that's not possible. Not on, on our platform, not on our platform. I'm not sure if uh, it's possible somewhere that's I mean, if I were to think of somebody who wants to scam would probably take your credit card run up the entire limit and then ah, anyway, <laughs> let's not, let's not give people ideas. yeah, okay, Nisha, let's wrap this up uh, since you spoke about regulation. I want your outlook on crypto in general uh, where so there are two three things out here. I wanted to give so first, let's start on your outlook on Bitcoin and other cryptos out there. On the price part, where do you see this entire asset class going forward? Do you have any particular preference in terms of Bitcoin, Drupal, Ethereum, etc., etc.? So let's first start with that.
1: um, So I'm not a price prediction guy, but uh, I'll tell you this. Uh, If you look at uh, Bitcoin uh, over the years, the number of people who own Bitcoin has only increased every year, year on year. And uh, today it's about... 40 to 80 million users globally who own bitcoin this number is only going to grow and as this number grows the fact that bitcoin is limited in number there will never be more than 21 million bitcoin uh, is the reason why the price appreciates and so you can just say we go from a, let's say 80 million people holding bitcoin today to in 10 years we go to 800 million people Uh, you can then gauge the price of Bitcoin that should be because the supply is still constant. So Mm -hmm. that's how I look at it. And that's how the last 10 years have proven. The reason why it uh, doesn't matter how many uh, bubbles you see, it ultimately uh, tops that and goes to the next level is because the number of people is increased. So that's the fundamental truth about Bitcoin as an asset class. And the beauty is it's globally available. There is no country on earth, there is no person on earth who cannot buy Bitcoin today. Uh, it's that's the beauty of Bitcoin. Every other thing can be restricted by governments, by uh, geographies and everything, but not Bitcoin. So that's the bullish case of Bitcoin. but mm. again, the other factor is it's still an experiment. It's just ten years old. There are not many asset classes uh, which are just ten years old and have gained this kind of adoption. So there's always a good and a bad to it. Um, but I'm bullish because it's ten years, I think is a long term uh, uh, it's long enough in the tech world to establish that something is going to stick. Um, Other cryptocurrencies, see, there are a lot of them and the way we should look at is uh, I look at Bitcoin as a digital version of gold. That's the gold for the new generation. The others, they have their specific use cases. For example, there is Ethereum, which is like your uh, global supercomputer. What that means is anyone on the internet can run their code on Ethereum blockchain. So you don't need a server on Amazon or some other server uh, provider. You can just run your code on Ethereum. And uh, to access that code, you need to use ether, which is the cryptocurrency of Ethereum. That's again where the use case of Ethereum emerges. So if more and more people, and that's happening, if more and more people put their code on Ethereum, which is the DeFi that we spoke about, the term DeFi, that's huge on Ethereum. A lot of these code is going into Ethereum. So that's where the ether use case comes in. So it's a very different approach. Bitcoin is limited in supply, and and the more people coming, the value increases. Ethereum, more people using the blockchain for their use cases of running code is where the use uh, the this thing the value of ether will increase. So and the, similarly for various other cryptocurrencies. Hmm. Uh, now what will work eventually? It's very hard because as, you know, take for example, if the logic was that the first website on the internet had all the opportunity in the world, that should still have been like the biggest website on the planet. But that's not the case. We've seen websites come and go. Eventually, some stick, some die out. It's the same story on the whole cryptocurrency aspect. Some will stick, some will die out, and new ones will emerge. But yeah, this is the whole
0: overview of the crypto world. Okay. Vishal, what do you think about regulation in India? Since you guys are doing advocacy, you would have a feel of where things are going, right? I mean, I feel that banks have no interest in this because they probably see it as a threat. Um, Given the kind of... uh, cautious, shall we say, regulation that we have in India, maybe things might not improve or stay where they are, best case scenario. What do you think is going to happen here long term? See, I think eventually India will have to uh, regulate this because
1: uh, simply because we are such a tech heavy nation and our Prime Minister has been talking about digital India. Uh, We are reaching a stage where digital is incomplete without cryptocurrencies and this Aspect is becoming more and more clear. So I'm 100% of the belief that India will regulate crypto, though it might take some time. Simply because even now, uh, globally known as regulated, none of these large com- countries have regulated. They've only started discussion. And uh, but right now in India, unfortunately, we haven't even had that those discussions started. So I've been pushing for just starting discussion, like mm-hmm. getting regulated, maybe three, five years down the line. But I think in the next uh, 12 to 24 months, I hope that India starts discussions. And like you said previously, I believe right now the pandemic has been such a uh, a calamity for all of us here that we understand right now it may not be the right time. But I think once we put all of this behind us, the government will definitely get into discussions with the industry on how to regulate this. And uh, one of the things we are doing as an industry uh, which is not waiting for the government to get into regulation. We are self-regulating ourselves. So we are putting together a, a set of these uh, code of conduct that we call it, uh, where we are saying that all the exchanges and all the crypto businesses part of our uh, uh, group should follow these guidelines. Now, again, this is uh, coming back to our one of our discussion about hmm. uh, how do you trust, where to do. We are yeah. trying to do that as an industry. We want to get this guideline out and say that all of the exchanges that are following this are at least
0: for you. You can you know safely invest in them. So we are working on that. That should come out soon. So one question here. What is happening on the blockchain side? Because blockchain at least has some very legitimate and very strong use cases for, for globally. Anything, what's, you know, any idea that's specific to India? How is the blockchain seed looking? So see, that
1: when you think about blockchain, uh, there are two uh, aspects and it's very similar to your internet. Uh, one is the internet, the other is the intranet. Intranet is what happens within companies. So when you look at blockchain, the thing that happens within companies, there only blockchain is involved. There's nothing else involved. Uh, and that aspect, there are tons of uh, use cases being uh, you know, uh, experimented. I'll tell you a simple use case. So let's take the case of supply chain. Um, uh, you're transporting mangoes from the farm to the retailer now there are uh, different parties involved and traditionally what happens each party has their own database own own data within their company and there is no way for you to make sense of this entire supply chain now what is happening is they're saying we will put the data into this common blockchain the beauty of this is nobody owns this no one entity owns this blockchain all of them together own this blockchain and we'll all put the data into this so collectively, you will be able to see the entire supply chain from the farm to the retailer. And uh, that these are the use cases, kind of use cases that are emerging, where, which are being experimented in the pure blockchain world. The other aspect, which is like the internet of blockchain, which is public blockchain, is where cryptocurrencies are involved. So you cannot have a public blockchain without cryptocurrency. So all of the uh, uh, things we spoke about, Bitcoin, Ethereum,
0: uh, Ripple, anything, those are all public blockchain projects. Okay. Last thing I have to ask because you know, Bitcoin is seen as money. Right now, of course, it's an it's probably seen as an investment, like you said, like gold or maybe like stocks or whatever. But if I look at it as money, there are three things, as you know, three characteristics or you know functions or uses that they have: one, medium of exchange; two, store of value; and three, I think unit unit of account. So unit of account is fine. Uh, Me. Store of value is also fine because now you've got a specific value uh, to Bitcoin keeps going up. What about medium exchange? This is what I feel is a big one. Do you think you see that that happening at some point of time and that could be really the next big thing that takes uh, crypto in general and Bitcoin in specific to another level? See, uh, maybe on a global level, yes. Because if you look
1: at, uh, is there an easy way for you to instantly transfer um, or make a payment to someone uh, sitting in australia right now if you and that person talk except for using a, a wallet or a third-party system there's no peer-to-peer way uh mm. you, you you know there has to be a middleman in between so there that is where the beauty of uh, crypto as money or as payment comes in peer-to-peer if me and you want to send money directly today the only way we can do that is crypto we cannot do that with uh, anything else because uh, on let's say rupee also there's a three party our bank is involved uh, so this i think is going to be innovative but if you look at the context of india i think our reserve bank has done something beautiful uh, is the soli- solving the whole payment problem your, your upi it's made it zero free instant and interbank and i don't think you can't go below that so mm. uh, so i think in india the Within the ecosystem, the INR has solved it beautifully. But at a global scale, this will not be solved at all, simply because no one is going to agree on a common standard. And even if they do, there will always be these barriers of third parties. So that is where I think crypto will emerge as a player, where uh, we will have a day when we will not think twice before sending money to someone on the internet irrespective of their job. That does not exist today. You have to take into Mm -hmm. account several factors. Uh, I still don't know uh, how to make uh, transfers from my bank to someone else outside the country because I know there's a
0: long process to do that. But uh, with Bitcoin, you can just instantly, it's just two minutes. You just send it to that person. So is that actually possible? Let's say that I have a friend of mine in Australia. Can I use Vazirex for that? Yeah, You can use Vazirex. You don't even need Vazirex. You can just use the Bitcoin blockchain
1: technically and you can do that also. You have a wallet which is not under anyone's control but yours. You can send money from that wallet to your friend's wallet. You don't even need Wazirx, by the way. Wow. We make it easy for you, but you don't need to. You can hold your Bitcoin in your own wallet, which means you are solely responsible for your Bitcoin. And you can send part of that to your friend and he
0: instantly gets it. So that's the money transfer on the internet, which is not possible otherwise. Lovely. Folks, how can you not support something that makes financial transactions easier at a lower cost, probably at zero cost all across the world? So when, I, when you look at it from that limited then obviously this is you know this is something phenomenal that's ready to happen but remember do your own research do your own you know do do your own hard work before jumping into anything new and like I had said and like Nishal had said the blog the place to learn more about this is blog.wazirex.com there's a lot of reading stuff out there for you guys to discover please make your own decisions and think carefully before taking any jump into something new but this has been an exciting episode. My guest, Nishchal Shetty, founder and CEO at X. Nishal, I really wish you guys all the best. You know, if this if this picks up, if this gains traction, if this becomes bigger in the long term, assuming that people, you know, the usage stays true to what Satoshi's original dream was, and this can change everything. What's your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I think um, I'm excited about this whole... See, this is seen as like the Web 3.0, the
1: new financial ecosystem being created and i think uh, what i'm excited about is the financial world we know right now it will grow 10x if uh, crypto emerges as a new uh, financial layer on the internet so i'm very excited about that it's going to do a lot of good not
0: just to our local economy but the entire global economy so yeah looking forward to that i look forward to that as well i wish you guys all all the very best. And folks, that is a wrap on this episode of Pesa My Guest, Nichol Shetty, founder, CEO at WazirX. Like I said, the blog is blog.wazirx.com. Nichol, thank you so much for doing this for our listeners. Thanks a lot for inviting me on the show, Anupam. This was fun. Sure. Thank you. And listeners, if you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. You can listen to us on the IBM podcast app or ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us. On our social media, we are Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to reach out to me, I'm your host, Anupam Gupta, B50 on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening to Baisa Baisa. No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision.